Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Yahoo Fantasy Hoops podcast. Uh, this is our this is our tenth episode, Dalton. Ten. The big one wow. zero. The haters said we wouldn't reach ten, but here we are. Um, we did it. We finally did it. Uh, we, I am nearly. The over under was nine and a half. The over under was nine and a half. So I'm pumped. We hit the <laughs> over. You, you said it. The haters. They said the naysayers said it wouldn't happen. So yeah, I'm pumped. Thank, it's mostly thanks to you, Andy. I took I took the under on that. I lost my shirt. So uh, <laughs> really unfortunate. Uh, and I, there he is, Dalton Del Don. I'm joined uh, by by our guy, uh, Dalton, fresh off uh, a new pack of uh, fantasy pickup videos. I believe that was uh, that was exciting. You have a good Thanksgiving. All that good time with the family. I did. Yeah, I didn't not, didn't travel too far. Saw the 97 year old grandpa, which was nice. Um, yeah, nothing nothing too crazy. Which I guess no news is good news. Uh, how about yourself? It was good. It was active. Uh, we hosted the family. Oh, we yeah. did just about That's every right. touristy thing that you can do in Chicago. That was pretty cool. Caught a black. You had all the game. food at your house, right? And all the food you transported. How did that? Yeah, go? we have a we have a weird arrangement where we prepare all the food at our place, so we get all the mess, and then we transport it to my brother in law's. Um, we just have we have a pretty good cooking environment here, um, so we get like none of the glory, and we get all of the cleanup. Um, but whatever, thankless. Sure. That's my, that's my lot in life. It's fine. Yeah. Just like your job here is, is podcast host too. Exactly. Utterly thankless. Yeah. Um, I get all the, I get all the cleanup. I get all the mess. I have to listen to all your prima Donna. Uh, uh, exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> ranting and raving. Um, but yeah, things are good. Uh, we are going to be joined later in the show. We have a guest this week. It's, uh, Kyle McEwen of basketball monster, formerly of Rotowire. Um, he is, I believe a daily podcaster. Kyle's really good, really fun guy. Um, really, really fun voice on, uh, on pod. He's in the friends and family league. We'll probably talk about that a little bit. Um, very plugged in basketball monster is a great resource by the way. So we will get to Kyle in just a little bit, but we're going to start with our starting five. First of all, before we get into that, we should probably, my God, Carmelo Anthony is just going to torment this podcast. Um, We kind of trashed would be would be maybe too too strong of a verb but we were somewhat critical somewhat skeptical of Carmelo not not so long ago he's now up to 71 percent ownership in Yahoo leagues and he is your reigning Western is there a bigger title in sports than the Western (laughs) Conference player of the week no I think there is not no not off the top of my head definitely not that's just funny the Blazers have won four or five like he's actually done this in a winning context I mean it was kind of a joke of an award because um James Harden, who we'll spend some time on later in the show, maybe with Kyle. Uh, James Harden had a 60-point game and didn't win Player of the Week. That's, that seems hard to do. Yeah, and I was going to say there was some other monstrous performance this week uh, as well. But yeah, there. Uh, I think two of those games came against the Bulls. We mentioned they still count. Uh, yeah, <laughs> hey, he's playing well. They're 4-1. and one. That's what he's going to say. I, I will just counter and say Anthony's number 128th ranked in nine cat leagues and number 118 in eight categories. So He'll get you the scoring, but he's not exactly providing a ton of defensive stats, and and I'm still skeptical. But yeah, hey, good for him, and I certainly didn't see the Western Conference Player of the Week happening this soon, this soon that's for sure. Yeah, a uh, bit of a, like, I don't know. I don't think you can make a reasonable case that he should have been Player of the Week over Harden. Luca, Luca had a pretty good week. Um, there, were some other, there were some other pretty strong candidates for it, but, well, like, whatever. It's fun to see Carmelo um, thrive, play reasonably well. Even if he's, you know, player rater wise, even if he's in the 100s, that's maybe a little bit better than um, I thought he might be able to achieve. And he, that sure. guy can still score. He also seems like somebody who 
just scoring wise would be able to fill it up when he's like 45 or 50 years old. Right. Like it just seems like, man, um, he, he is going to have offensive game for the rest of his life. As long as he is ambulatory, he would be able to like, you know, jab step um, long two on pretty much anybody at any age. And doing it with Damian Lillard, who, by the way, is maybe I might affect him a little bit more fantasy wise than I gave it credit. And I just kind of laughed it off. I have Lillard someplace. But, you know, if, if Anthony's firing up those shots, it might not be the best news for Lillard. But they're yeah. working for Portland. And I did not see that coming. And Melo is just like one thing, like when he is on the floor, he he's pretty certain that he's the guy who should be taking shots. No matter who he's out there with. Right. Like he, there's no doubt in his mind that he's the alpha in any given moment. Well, it's clear that's why he waited for the right opportunity. I mean, he was just waiting for a team to come desperate enough and say, not only do we want you, but, you know, starter and and the freedom. And he got it. I was definitely wrong so far. Oh, well, speaking of you being wrong, um, let's jump right into the starting five. I mean, nothing gives me pleasure like pointing out instances where Dalton Delton may have been um, slightly incorrect. And I want to talk about your preseason MVP. Wasn't he your preseason MVP, Nikola Jokic? I did officially. Um, yes, I did. It's like it's tough. He's been he's been okay. He hasn't like he hasn't been a disaster. Um, he's not like if you if you own Jokic, uh, he's not the reason that you're. I don't know. He's not the reason that you're losing each week. He's not the reason that you're going three and six each week or anything like that. He's been fine. Um, he has not been worth his Yahoo average draft position though of like six and a half. Right. Like I think his ADP was six point six. But he's been fine. He's currently, uh, I believe, uh, 46, 47 in nine cat leagues, uh, at least according to uh, Basketball Monsters rankings. He's averaging about 15, 10 and six. That's pretty good. Last year it was 20. Shooting percentages are way down. I think he's around 22 percent from three. The other thing is Denver's been really good. So this is working for Denver. In real life, there's no issue here. And he's still you know, some of the skills that he's always had. He's one of the best outlet passers in the league. Like, he's still kind of fun to watch. Um, Anthony Davis just owned him the other night, like, in key stretches where they were isolated on each other. Like, Anthony Davis just threw his shot, um, forced him into difficult shots. Like, he, he's just not at AD's level. That seemed pretty apparent. I don't know. Is he a buy low for you? It definitely looks foolish as an MVP pick. I just thought Giannis was too obvious. And Jokic, I just liked, I like the path of Denver finishing as the one seed, but... You mentioned it. They still might finish there, but it's because their roster is so deep. They don't need him simply as much as they did before. This guy's averaging 10 points a game the last five games. Just just killing me. Yeah. Just looks different. He's slower. You know, part of the reason I liked is I liked his durability. You know, he plays the 80 games, but frankly, that might have just caught up to him all those minutes. And then he played for the national team in the FIBA in summer. Right. So he just looks right. a little bit more lethargic. And if you say buy low, I'll say... Yeah, he's going to be better than he has been, but not expecting a first round re- return again. I think it'd be like it probably would fall out of the first round in drafts held today. The usage rate down, his PER and true shooting percentages are both career lows. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned and he's going to be better, but I don't think he's going to be the, like a top 10 fantasy player from here on out. It's a somewhat uncomfortable conversation, but like um, he, he's got to have a, a higher level of fitness at some point, right? Like he's yeah. also just not... 
I don't know. Sure. And I don't, I don't want to make a joke out of it, but like, uh, oh man, somebody on Twitter, I'm not going to be able to credit them. I'm not sure who it was. Um, it's one of the funniest lines that I've read, like, I don't know, in years said, uh, the other night that it looks like, Yoke. I think this was during the Lakers game said, it looks like Jokic sweats, uh, hot dog water. <laughs> and I've been laughing about oh, it man. ever since, but it does like he's, uh, um, like he's just not going to be able to survive as an NBA player over like a 12 year career without caring about his body at all or coming into seasons thinking he's going to play him his way into shape. Like that's just, that's just not what like professional athletes do, but he's such a, the way that he sees the game is like, even at an NBA level, he, he sees things quicker than the rest of the league. Like he, he is a, just a wonderful intuitive basketball player. Um, brilliant player, great outlet passer again, but man, um, his actual fitness level leaves a little something to be desired. Yeah, definitely. Uh, not, not MVP level. Let's put it that way. Not, not so far. Um, so, but you're mostly on board. I like, I'm kind of on board with him as a buy low. Um, and I, but I don't know that people are like super disgusted with him either because it's not like he's fallen outside of the top 50. Um, but yeah, I, but I don't, I don't know how actionable it is. I'm sure everyone expects him to be better, but honestly, I, I really do think at this point, it's a concern that he's not going to be the number six overall player that you got. You know, I think at that point, just the expectations are, you got to be tempered lower. Yeah. That's, that's almost certainly out the window. Like we're a quarter of the way through the season and he's not even close to it. So that's a, that's a bit of an issue, but if he closes strong, um, it's all forgiven because that's also a team that's going to care about getting the number one seed or as close to it as they yeah, possibly for sure. can. Home so. court really matters too for Denver. I mean, home court is huge huge in that thin air yeah yeah right like they have an actual natural advantage uh on their on their home floor and you're gonna want to you know obviously if you can get an extra game at home and you have to play you know the clippers the lakers somebody like that like they're gonna care about it so we assume that he's gonna be playing through the end of the season just on a tangent i think it matters slightly less in the playoffs because you get acclimated more but that all the studies show through the years the biggest advantage in sports are the denver teams the denver yeah, teams have yeah. the, it really no, is the, really the, that's the, that is the most advantage Let's. Uh, I mentioned the Lakers. Let's get on to topic number two in the starting five. And let's talk a little bit about Rajon Rondo. Um, really good line on Wednesday. We've got a whole bunch of point guard injuries across the league too, right? Like De'Aaron Fox still out. Now we've got John Morant out. We can talk about that a little bit later. Um, Rondo's playing really well. Uh, a near triple-double the other night. It was 14, 9, and 12. The assists have been relatively consistent. It seems like he's able to share the floor with LeBron without uh, without much issue. I don't know. What are your th- what are your thoughts on him? He's available in about seventy percent of Yahoo leagues. Yeah, he is seventy percent. Yeah, I-, I would pick him up, especially if you're just like punting threes or free throw percentage. You know, you're in the right format where it works. But for sure, I mean, I know LeBron's been running the point more, but Avery Bradley's out. So uh, yeah, I mean, Rondo goes on these stretches where he just puts up these monstrous triple doubles. So I mean, yeah, I mean, if he's out there in the right formats, absolutely, I'd scoop him up. That number seemed low to me. That twenty nine percent, I saw that. He's also, um, he's been weirdly okay from three this year. Like he's actually shooting, not, he's better than okay. Right. He's been at, he's like 50% that, yeah. right now, which 50%, is obviously not, I say punt three. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not, that's not sustainable for Rajon Rondo. I would imagine that's not really sustainable for anybody. It's not sustainable for uh, like Steph Curry, right? Like that's just a crazy number, but, um, it, it's been, it, it's not on low volume either. Um, on, on Wednesday night, it was a couple of threes previous game. It was a couple of th- like, it's two threes a night lately so far. So that's Be- been better, super encouraging. Free, better free throws too, for what it's worth, small sample, but maybe, and maybe those threes is something to the wide openness when you play with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I mean, maybe, maybe yeah. he's shooting more open looks. So yeah, that's, that's absolutely. Yeah, no, you're actually too. right. He's not, he's not a 
severe liability and free throw percentage. He's right around 73% right now, too. So he's playing about as well as we've seen from a fantasy perspective at any point in his career. Um, and again, the assist numbers, 12 the other night, um, and then it was six, and then it was seven, four, seven. Like the assist numbers are what you would expect from a, from a version of Rajon Rondo playing about 20 minutes a night. Yeah, 6.1 assists in the year in 21 minutes. Yeah, if that increases a little, then yeah, he's right there. So he definitely could be helpful. I would scoop up Rondo. Yeah, so I feel like there's somebody in every fantasy league right now is in desperate need of a point guard because the injuries have been pretty significant. So uh, again, just going to underscore it. Go at him. Um, Number three in our starting five, uh, a guy that I just want to talk about a little bit because he's had such crazy fantasy lines over the last couple nights is Andre Drummond. He came an assist away from a five by five on Tuesday night, which is crazy. We just don't see a lot of them. Um, he is absolutely filling the stat sheet blocks and steals every night. And then I want to, I want to bring one other thing to your attention. He's, he's averaging almost 17, 17 right now. He's at 17.3 points per game and 16.8 rebounds per game, which is obviously a crazy total. I don't know if the rebounding is going to be able to hold because we just don't see that number very often in the, in the current version of the NBA. Um, but if he does this, if he actually averages 17-17, he will be only the 11th player in league history to do it and the first since Moses Malone in the 78-79 season. Like, literally no one has done this in 40 years. Um, the game isn't played that way anymore, right? We got, right. we got so many wings who get so many rebounds. Like, there's just nobody out there who gets 16 or 17 a night. So what he's doing is completely out of time. Crazy season in, in progress for Andre Drummond. Do you own him anywhere? Um, are we at like a sell high point on him? Or is this just a thing that we should continue to ride? I don't own him anywhere to my detriment. Yeah, what a fun player to own. I mean, Blake Griffin's played 10 games. You know, it's not like he's been totally gone. So right. yeah, uh, he, he looks great. I mean, the assists are up. Uh, the free throw percentage isn't totally destroying you. Just such a monster. So maybe we've seen his peak value, I guess. But also I could counter that Griffin's due for, you know, he'll get injured. So I don't know. If I'm a Drummond owner, I'm just riding him and happy I own him and not looking to sell. And Drummond, I believe, coming into uh, like this is a free agent season for him, right? This is a walk year for him, so he's got he's got everything to play for. And but what an interesting decision, right? In today's NBA, I mean, you yeah. look, you pa- even teams just recently passed up Doncic for for Bagley and, and Aiton. You know, I mean, is that the final straw? You know, I mean, so what what's going to happen with these big men because he comes off monstrous numbers like this? Obviously, there's probably going to be one team to give him a max. I mean, for sure. But in the NBA, really, can you win? I mean, I mean, how you can't really, right? I, I don't know. Like a, a guy who's a actually championship, capable. I mean, like if, you, if you're going to be um, if you're going to be a player like this, who doesn't have the sort of big man skill set that everybody looks for in like 2019. Um, I feel like you have to be freakishly good in some other area. And nobody is as freakishly good at a thing in the current NBA is Drummond is at rebounding the basketball, right? And he converts those into extra offensive possessions for you. This isn't some guy who just gobbles up every defensive rebound and all the missed free throws and all that. Like he's getting, he's pulling down a crazy number of offensive rebounds. Um, he's he's winning you extra possessions. I don't know. This, this has a ton of value. And as you mentioned, I should have mentioned it uh, earlier, his free throw percentage isn't killing anyone right now. Like it's bad. Um, it's, it's bad. And it's, it would drag you down. Um, fantasy wise he's shooting about 61%, but he's not shooting so bad from the line that you just want to parade him there. You know, if you're an opponent, he's not, you know, this isn't one of those seasons where he's below 40% and he's had those before. Um, this is kind of a, like a, a normal ish free throw percentage for him. So that, that just, 
that makes him all the more valuable in real life, at least. Yeah, he's not Giannis, who's absolutely destroying your free throws right now. It's yeah. crazy with the volume and what he's doing. But yeah, I know Drummond's been fantastic. He's been one of the biggest home runs so far this season. Those are some crazy stats. I did not realize that's how historical he was He was being on the boards. Yeah, I just sort of feel bad that I don't, like, I don't own him in any league. In part, the reason that I don't own him in any leagues is because I'm not playing any points leagues, which is the only place that I thought he was safe. You know, I'm, I'm in all these categories leagues where I was like, well, I'm, I'm not going to punt free throw percentage, so I'm, I'm not going to mess around with Drummond. So I just, I don't happen to have him. I kind of buried him in my ranks. And now I feel, now I feel really stupid about it um, because he's single-handedly carrying you in a bunch of other stats. Yeah, no, for sure. Me too. I wish I, I absolutely wish I had him look like a fool. All right, let's move on to, yeah, that's, that's all I want to get to. I want to get to the point in every um, topic that we discuss where you admit that you were a fool. And once we get there, hard. We'll Once we get there, we can move, move on. on. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know. Actually, I don't know that uh, this will play into it at all. But uh, I, we got to talk about Ja Morant a little bit because um, he is. I own him in a couple leagues. I thought he was for a minute there. Uh, I thought Ja Morant was just sort of the runaway rookie of the year. Maybe he still is. Maybe he comes back quickly, and and there's there's no issue there. But he, they're not calling him day to day with back spasms. They're calling him week to week which is not what you want to see. Um, and it's also a team that has obviously no urgency to get him back on the floor. They're not, you know, they're a team that's going to position themselves for another good pick uh, in next year's draft. So where are you uh, with John Morant? Do you see him as any sort of uh, uh, buy low? How long would you expect him to be out? And is there anything behind him that you're particularly interested in? Like we thought initially that Tyus Jones was going to be the guy to benefit from it, but he's kind of face planted. Yeah, Morant, I would be worried about. They were already going to treat him with kid gloves, you know, with the, the minutes restriction. They were saying going to definitely be different than, say, R.J. Barrett situation. And now week yeah. to week is never good to hear. So, um, yeah, as far as pickups, Tyus Jones is getting the minutes and he's an assist guy if you need that. But uh, D'Anthony Melton has been a little bit more interesting and more upside. And he's, last I checked, even more widely available. And Dylan Brooks, I know you don't think he had a good last game, but if you need scoring, he's there. So, really, if you're in a, a league, you need a guard. The, the injury here opens up a few options i think melton's probably the most interesting but uh memphis has promised you know they're no longer slow and they've been they're up tempo a lot more this year and uh so yeah in deeper leagues i think though any of those three guys w- would be interesting depending on what category you're looking for yeah melton's melton's the guy that i wanted to talk about a little bit um happen to catch just a little bit of the game you know, whatever my that my bulls were gifted a win the other night because the the grizzlies came to town without without morant playing so that's obviously a w for them but Melton was a plus 15 in that game. And I, I thought the the key detail there is that Melton actually started the third quarter. Like they came out of halftime and Melton was starting for him. So I think that meant something. Uh, his last couple games, eight points, 16 points, nine points. He's playing 20 minutes a night. Um, the assist totals have been there, 19 assists over the last three games. He just seems a little bit more active. Um, seems like he certainly has greater potential to contribute to winning than Tyus Jones does, who again has just not not been impressive at all. So Melton, I agree, a guy available in over 90% of Yahoo leagues right now seems a little bit more interesting to me than Jones. Yeah, for sure. At this point, Jones was interesting back then when he got opportunity. But for now, yeah, Melton, 58th fantasy player of the last uh, week on those three games played. So uh, in nine category leagues. So yeah, he would be the guy I'd be adding to. Agreed. Okay, the fifth thing that I want to get to before we bring in Kyle McEwen for a little conversation, um, I want to talk about well, I don't I, I don't want to limit this to Isaiah Thomas. I actually want to talk about the Wizards a little bit. Um, a couple of names there, because I know that you're high on Mo Wagner. Uh, I believe you just uh, uh, featured him in the in the pickups clip this week. Um, who's 
you know, really talented player. I, I missed a little bit of time with an ankle injury, right? But he's about to come back. I want to talk about both him and Isaiah Thomas. Um, it's just good to see Thomas um, come back into fantasy relevance. Uh, I believe his last time out scored 20 points. The shooting percentage is finally back over 40%. So that's good to see, right? Like he's been... He's been a really rough shooter uh, since the since the hip injury, but that's coming back a little bit. I don't know. Like he's been pretty fun, and and give us give us I don't know a minute of hype on uh, Wagner. So the reason we need to talk about Washington is because Thomas Bryant has a stress reaction in his foot that's going to at least three weeks. And when you hear big guys with these foot injuries, who knows? Hold your breath. Uh, another one on my fantasy, uh, so our friends and family team bites the dust. There, I got Thomas Bryant. So. You combine oh. that with the fact that Washington has this fun combo. I mentioned the video of first in pace and last in defensive efficiency. I compared it to like playing in Coors Field right now. I mean, that's the matchup you want <laughs> in DFS. So the so it's a nice so opportunity here for Wagner's who I, I, I highlighted because he's the most widely available. He's uh, injured now, as you said, should be back soon. Actually been a top 25 fantasy player in a per 36-minute basis this year. Showed some good improvement. But if Ruri Hachimura or the, I think it's Davis Bertans are uh, available in your leagues, those are two other big beneficiaries too. So those guys are more Bert, like in the Bertans the other night played like 40 minutes, right? Like he barely came yeah. off the oh, yeah. floor. Yeah, yeah. No, he's going to play. had to play the big too with uh, Bryant out and a couple other injuries there So and, and Wagner. So, so yeah, and you said I didn't even get to IT. So yeah, Thomas, yeah, he's, he's there in that same environment. He's not a big guy benefiting, but he's in that same environment and firing away. And there's a reason Bradley Beal was the first round fantasy pick this year because there's no one else there. So yeah. Uh, yeah, really interesting. All these guys are depending on your, the depth of your league, but there's great opportunity in Washington with Thomas Bryant going down. Horribly unfortunate, but, and it's nice to see Isaiah Thomas be healthy enough to contribute at this level again. Yeah, glad you mentioned Hachimura. Like, there's basically unlimited shots right now for IT, for Hachimura. Um, those are great situations. IT is a guy who is available in a ton of leagues, and Wagner also available in a ton of leagues. I'm just looking at his shooting percentages right now. I don't think I was even aware. He's shooting, like, almost 61% from the floor. He's shooting better than 43% from three. Uh, I think people remember his college career at Michigan a little bit. He was a beautiful shooter, um, re- really fun collegiate player. Uh, free throw percentage around 84, 85. So helps you in all of the percentages um, and kind of filling it up a little bit, like averaging almost a steal and a block per game. So uh, fun totally. player. And if he comes into 30 minutes a game, which seems reasonable when he comes back, these are going to be fun fantasy lines. Let me reiterate, he's top 25 fantasy player on a per 36 minute basis and now looking at a bunch more playing time. We are joined, as promised, by Kyle McEwen. Uh, he's with Basketball Monster. He's been there now in his fourth year. He is also the host of the Morning Hoops podcast, which you can catch daily, every uh, every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, they simulcast it on Twitter, on YouTube. Uh, it's all over the place. He is on Twitter, at RotoKyleNBA. Um, just a, a longtime uh, friend of mine, industry friend of mine, and former co-worker of Dalton Del Don's at Rotowire back in the day. People don't know, uh, Dalton's work has always been ghostwritten, and I believe that uh, I believe that Kyle used to ghostwrite for Dalton. Is that correct? Uh, absolutely. Um, and he never paid me though. It was unpaid <laughs> internship. He would sometimes send me Starbucks gift cards that would never have more than. <laughs> Four ninety nine on it. I don't know why he wouldn't round it up to five, but I just assume he was paying in pennies. Airing my dirty laundry here. What else is new? Yeah, that sounds typical. It's basically you'll find that in the industry, any any like former athlete who has a column and Dalton Del Don, those are the only people who are ghostwritten. 
in all of sports. Um, but enough about Dalton. We didn't bring you on to talk exclusively about about Dalton. Um, we're going to get into some fantasy topics. I want to hit just um, j- just sort of generally uh, before we get into anything. We have about a quarter of the season in the books right now. Teams have played about 20 games. Uh, let's talk about some both fantasy and reality MVP favorites. Um, and the reason I'm thinking of this, I'm not I don't want to totally throw anybody other than Dalton under the bus, but I was just listening to a, uh, pr- a pretty mainstream podcast where they were where they were assessing the MVP race to this point, And they went five minutes without mentioning James Harden, which I just find incredible. Um, James Harden obviously is coming off a week in which he lost the Western Conference Player of the Week to Carmelo <laughs> Anthony, despite the fact that he had a 60 point game, which, again, is crazy to me. Um, Harden right now is averaging thirty nine and a half points per game, which is the third highest average in the history of the National Basketball Association. Only Wilt uh, ever averaged more. Michael never averaged as many. Um, it's just a crazy season in progress. So I, I just sort of want to get your thoughts on Harden generally and the sustainability of what he's doing and how you'd handicap the uh, the MVP race at this point. Well, um, I think that you're still looking at Giannis is probably the odds-on favorite to win it because in the East, you're, the Bucks are going to have a, a great, uh, they have a much easier path to having a better win total at the end of the year. And the, the MVP often is tied to those teams that have the, the better record. Um, we saw when Westbrook won it, when he had a triple double, that was a, an exception where they were deeper into the playoff standings, but they still awarded it to him because he did something that was statistically just unseen before in the modern era. And that's what we might see again with Harden here. If he's going to potentially average 40 points for the whole season you're right how do you not have him in the conversation for MVP right now and and we saw Carmelo steal the player of the week award for narrative reasons last last week but but uh Harden scored 60 points as you pointed out whereas Carmelo only scored 67 points over the course of the three (laughs) games that he played over that whole last week so it's just nuts that that we're not talking more about Harden in that MVP discussion and, and keeping him apprised there. And I think it's because there's a lot of negative narratives out there on Twitter and such about the fact that people just think he's boring to watch because of how much he goes to the free throw line. But like other players have to follow James Harden. He's not sending himself to the free throw line. Right. Like that's a pretty important skill. And he's he's pretty gifted at drawing fouls, finishing through contact. Um, but clearly one of the strongest players like pound for pound in the league. I don't know. I like I can't imagine that there's going to be a season where a guy averages 40 points in a winning environment. Like I also feel this is something that we've talked about on the pod before. I think there's going to be a game this year where you know, and you look at that 60 point game and he he barely had to play. He didn't have to play late in the game. There's going to be a game where he like is actually shooting well, gets on a heater, has to play deep into the fourth quarter. And he puts up 85 like he's going to have an 80 point game this year. Well, and they're running a lot quicker this year with Westbrook being there playing next to Harden. They've they've gotten their pace up almost 10 possessions per game from what it was last season when they were playing with Chris Paul. So that's going to help get more possessions out there, more shots for these guys. Um, And, and, you know, there's something to be said, too, about adding a Russell Westbrook player. Uh, I believe James Harden and Russell Westbrook were the two highest usage players in the league last year. Now they're playing together, and James Harden is still able to keep up his play at this level. Yeah, it's, he's absolutely should be getting all of the, you know, included in every single MVP discussion right now. So I think he broke the, the NBA record, actually, by going 24 for 24 the other night at yeah. the line. And you brought up, Kyle, I was going to ask you, Westbrook, 
I knocked him down a peg or two because of that usage thing before the season. Did you? And now moving forward, if a draft held today, would you take Harden or Giannis given, you know, the free throw situation with him? Uh, it just depends. In a rotisserie league, y- you can still have arguments about who you would take number one overall. I, I think you have to go with Harden in most respects. Um, but in in head to- in head to head, I would probably be looking at Giannis again. There's 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 a lot of different ways to talk about it based on the, the different formats you're playing in. Uh, I love Giannis's ability to attri- contribute in blocks as well as all the other stats. Um, but what what Harden is offering, scoring almost 40 points a game, I don't know. It's hard to turn away from that. But if somebody wanted to make an argument that that Luca might be a better option too, I wouldn't really like. I wouldn't, you know, squint at it. I'd be like, okay, fine. I, I think all of those guys could have a potential to be the number one pick or the number one guy in fantasy at the end of the year. Let me let me get your take on uh, we we let off the podcast talking a little bit about uh, Nikola Jokic. Um, where are you at on him right now? So he's he's tricky because he hasn't been a total disaster. He's still a top fifty player. Um, he was drafted in the middle of the first round. So like yeah. if, if that was your first round draft pick, it's not going well, but it's also not completely cratering your season. Um, do you view him as a as a buy low or are there some reasons to legitimately be afraid? I'd be still buying low on on Jokic. I think we've you know, there's fair questions about the fact that he looked like he ate way too many cheeseburgers this summer <laughs> coming back. Yeah. And and it's still to this point watching the highlights of him, he looks a little bit more loafing. But in general, if you if you watched him the last few years, he's still the same guy. He just hasn't been efficient to to open the season, shooting from the field, shooting from three at all. He's just shooting twenty three percent from three point land right now. And and those percentages are going to come up. That's if if you play fantasy baseball, you know that a lot of guys come back to their averages, and that can be said about some of the the shooting performances that we see from guys from year to year when they have those dips. You can you can look at what they've done. Done in the past and say, okay, we, we can expect a, a a progression to the mean or or some kind of bounce back from this player. And I think we're going to see that more going forward from the, the Nuggets. Also, the last few seasons under Coach Malone, or pretty much every year he's there, he always does weird stuff to open the, the first month and a half, two months of the season. And then we, as we roll into the new year, yeah. Malone will finally kind of figure out who he can trust, who he wants to lean on. Um, I do worry that the fact that the Nuggets have gotten off to such a good start this season that they might get a little bit comfortable and just continue to ride the wave that they've been on already. And if that happens, I don't see them maybe making some of the changes that I think they should make, like maybe moving Will Barton, Will Barton to the bench, maybe thinking about giving more minutes to Jeremy Grant instead of Paul Millsap. And, and playing Jeremy Grant would definitely pro- should help Nikola Jokic if they got him in there more because then Nikola Jokic wouldn't be so dependent upon to be that rim protector. Jeremy Grant, as a, a small ball power forward, he can shift up and provide some of that rim protection that would probably be helping Nikola Jokic uh, be better on the offensive side. I want to ask you about another possible buy low opportunity guy. I see you have Aaron Gordon on your friends and family team. Mm. This is mainly for selfish reasons because I'm in another league. Someone offered me Gordon for Zion Williamson, who I have just without an IL spot on my bench in a points league. And I turned it down. Now Gordon goes off for 32 points. Was I an idiot? No, not at all. Uh, (laughs) 
Aaron Gordon is a very streaky shooter. He's still just 24, six years in the league. There are reasons to think that there's another step for him to take, especially as he gets older and becoming a more consistent player. So, so that time still may come for Aaron Gordon. But one of the reasons that he had the opportunity to score a season high 32 points last night was the fact too that Nikola Vucevic is out right now and they're looking for more offense from night to night until Vucevic returns. So once that happens, then Aaron Gordon's probably going to take another hit in his offense. Plus, we're seeing Markel Fultz play better and better every single game right now, and that's been a lot of fun to watch, and that might steal more shots away from Aaron Gordon going going forward as well. Do you think we've seen it? I mean, it's former number four overall pick, but whatever, six years in the league. There's there's no other step for him. I mean, is he going to get traded? I mean, is he going to – I mean, this is it. You don't think we think – there's no next level? I mean, at this point, I think Aaron Gordon's actually uh, kind of misunderstood or, or he, he may not be great in fantasy because of his inconsistencies, because of the fact that he doesn't, um, you know, necessarily do anything in a gaudy way, but he just contributes in, in marginal ways across the board in a lot of respects or, or median ways. But Aaron Gordon's ability to guard five different positions in the NBA, like I that I, I hate it when I see him getting talked down to or, or treated as if he's just a dunker. He averaged, I believe, 3.7 assists last year, too. He Like, he does more than than what he just came into the league doing. And, and again, at 24, I do think that there's still room to see him maybe continue to progress or, or gain more consistency over the next few seasons. So, uh, Dalton, since you mentioned Zion Williamson, uh, this is something I probably should have written into the script of the show. Uh, I'm, I'm watching watching the the Pelicans and I believe it was the Mavs the other night. And I'm listening. Now, this was Reggie Miller based on absolutely no evidence that I could that I could decipher. I don't think he was actually citing any source. I think he was just purely speculating that Zion could miss the entire season. Um, do we like, where are you on Zion? Is he somebody that we should buy low off the injury? Um, n- nothing. I've, I've read nothing to suggest that he won't be back maybe by the end of this month or January. And then we had Reggie just throwing out there the idea that he could just sit for the entire year. That's, that's, that ain't going to happen. Right. I don't, I don't want to accept that reality right now. So I'm going to say no way in heck. Um, but the <laughs> fact that, I mean, it's Reggie Miller. He knows other players. He knows everybody that you can know in the NBA or would have access to people who would have access to knowing what's really going on with Zion right now. Um, I'm not I'm not doom or gloom or worried about the fact that Zion's going to come or or is going to return outside of that initial six to eight week time frame that the Pelicans gave us, or at least that's the expectations right now. I also don't expect to hear much about Zion coming back until like a week ahead of time, or maybe even a couple of days ahead of time where we all of a sudden hear, okay, he's, he's going full contact in practice. And, and cause I think once he actually practices, then they have to give media access to him. And, and that's, that's mm. when we're going to kind of know like, all right, he's getting close. It's, it's going to be about a week away. And hopefully, as you pointed out, it's not the full season, but this, it is a little bit scary to have a guy who's obviously in those conversation circles saying something like that, where you're going like, oh man, is, even if he's hearing rumors, that's not, that's not something that's fun to hear. Yeah, I'm also worried it's been more than six weeks since his surgery and he hasn't begun on-court activities. But Kyle, you might be right. It might just be immediate, like quick though, you know, before you know it, and then it'll be a week or two and then the media access will ramp up and it might just be missing that. But I'm concerned and obviously they're going to treat him with kid gloves. I mean, we're not going to see the fully unleashed version until next season, unfortunately, because that team's has fallen so far out of the race 
and what do they have to risk? They're going to, he's not going to play any back to backs. The minute's going to be low, yeah. uh, especially in leagues with, with those no IL spots like I have in head to head. It's tough to, he's, I don't know. He's a tricky spot. I hope you're right. You seem a little bit more optimistic than I am, Kyle. Well, I mean, I think we have to hang on to hope, right? Otherwise it's just, uh, <laughs> I, what do we have to look forward to someday? With if this is what Luka Doncic is doing at age twenty, what do we have look, to look forward to? Is he's going to average forty, twenty, and twenty some season? So. <laughs> he might shoot seventy five percent from the floor if the preseason was any indication. Yeah. Let me let me give you uh, the last thing I have for you. I just want to give you an opportunity to take a victory lap on oh. Andrew Wiggins, who you've got on your friends and family roster, and who continues uh, to surprise, still averaging about twenty five points per game. Incredible season from him. It is. I was I was uh, just looking at uh, the old basketball reference page, and this is the first season of his NBA career, the first of his six seasons in which he has made a positive uh, contribution relative to a replacement player. His VORP for the first time is not negative. Man, that that team is just fun to watch this year, though, that T-Wolves yeah. team. And they're really leaning into their youth with the fact that they've put guys like Jarrett Culver and now Josh Okoji into the starting lineup. Um, so it, it's been fun to watch Wiggins, you know, stepping up, playing more of a point guard role. Um, I, I drafted him in the ninth round with the 100th pick. And if you look at all three of our teams in that league, it, out of those last, like, five to six picks, four of those guys for all of us are off off our rosters. So, I mean, it was a flyer <laughs> pick later in the draft. Thanks for the props on it. But um, it's, you know, in, in a head-to-head league like this, Andrew Wiggins' percentages, didn't, don't, they don't really like, uh, they don't turn me away the same way they would in a rotisserie league where you can't escape them. Like, if I want to, I can punt both percentages, try to load up on the counting stats in this league, especially with it being a, a weekly lock league, and then just hope that I beat whoever I'm playing against in that in that week in those counting stats and not necessarily worry about the percentages. That's the kind of guy that Andrew Wiggins is to me, someone who you're not you're not overly concerned about him being efficient. You just want him to come out, play tons of minutes, and bludgeon you with those counting stats. Good job, bring uh, Like you brought up Culver. He's the guy I got my eye on in fantasy because he just keeps giving that opportunity. The shots aren't falling, but he's interesting. If those shots start do falling, he, he'll becoming one of the most popular ads real quick. Well, and I, again, he might be a negative in the, in the, the field goal and free throw percentage right now if you're in a rotisserie league so maybe you pick him up and you just put him on your bench and say okay i'm gonna have him sit there maybe yeah. he'll find stuff out figure yeah. stuff out as the season goes on and get and get uh, more efficient you know because in your rotisserie leagues you're only cycling guys in when you have those injuries when you see that there's a great matchup that you can take advantage of um but in in, in head-to-head leagues where you can kind of manage from week to week whether or not you think you're going to win a a a percentage category against your matchup then maybe you can grab Culver and just say I'm not going to worry about his percentages I'm going to use him because he's going out there he's getting me a little bit of assists he's getting some defensive stats he's getting rebounds he's scoring a little bit and as the season goes on already got that that starting job after Jeff Teague stepped aside so um, I, I definitely see a you know room to grow for Culver this season and it's worth considering him as like a luxury stash guy that you see improving as you go on that's all I got for you man he is Kyle McEwen you want to follow him on Twitter he is at Roto Kyle NBA uh just an absolutely glorious follow again catch him on the morning hoops podcast good friend of the show and we've now had between Kyle and Trey Kirby we've probably had the two best beards in um, all, all of basketball Twitter on the pod. 
No uh, I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. I was a podcast fanboy years ago, tra- running down Trey Kirby in Las Vegas <laughs> during summer league, just to be like, "You guys inspired me to start podcasting." Oh, it was so dorky, but they were very gracious, so that was awesome. And Andy, thank you for uh, inviting me on the show, man. I-, I know that we've kind of known each other from afar in the industry, but I'm also a fan of you know Sex Drive the movie and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> it's uh, it's exciting for me to come on here. People don't people don't shout out Sex Drive too often. Um, you can generally catch it Comedy Central like in the middle of the night. I don't know, once a week or so. It still hangs in there. It's a great movie, brother. I've, I watched it more than once. Yeah, basically, <laughs> it's totally autobiographical. Basically, the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> So that was good catching up with uh, catching up with Kyle. Uh, I'm sorry to uh, expose you as the ghost written fraud that you are, Dalton. I didn't mean to do that. Oh, I, uh, we're going to talk about being a, speaking about writing. Come on, author Andy Barron, Sex Drive. I love the shout out for that. Yeah, we haven't talked about that enough. I mean, you're a legitimate like star, a celebrity on the red carpet. You're, didn't that used to be your, your your Twitter handle? You on the red carpet? Or am I making yeah. that up? Yeah. Yeah, no, before I changed it to a picture of Matt Harmon's dog. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. No, that was a good experience. Hollywood Barons. So Hollywood Barons. so That's long ago. Name. I think I wrote that in like um, 2006, but it was, I don't know, it was, it was really fun to be a part of. That's yeah. when I didn't know if I wanted to be, you know, a, a big star screenwriter or if I just wanted to be a minor anonymous uh, fantasy writer. So I think I chose the right path. And now you're stuck talking hoops with me. So, oh, gosh. Wrong, wrong move, the, what the hell happened? <laughs> wrong in my career arc. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what led me here. To be perfectly honest, um, or in case you missed it this week, uh, let's let's talk about some. I got a lot of possible things that I want to talk about, um, but I want to mention some announcers uh, just absolutely gone wild. Uh, wild. Uh, this was pointed out to me by our producer Agu. Um, that, like, did you did you catch this stuff with LeBron and the and the Jazz, the Utah Jazz announcers, uh, 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 calling him disrespectful for celebrating a defensive play that his team made, um, not wearing shoes on the. I didn't realize that not wearing shoes on the court was in any way disrespectful to an opponent. Oh, usually it's like baseball, these unwritten rules and people are worried about. I mean, there's another in Hawks announcers earlier this week were upset when James Harden noticed that he didn't break his career high scoring. And that was very disrespectful. It wasn't classy or whatever. I don't know. I get very annoyed at these announcers getting upset over stuff like this. Yeah. I'll, granted, the Harden thing was maybe a little bit closer to like, I think what happened with LeBron is he actually like took off. He the was shoes, like doing charity or something, right? I mean, for a person, yeah, right. gave him away. And the, but I like there should be there should be, I don't know, no relationship between respecting an opponent, and whether or not you're wearing shoes. No, I just thought I'm it was the strangest thing. Yeah, very um, odd. Yes. Yeah. One other thing I want to I want to shout out is uh, our our Yahoo colleague, uh, LeJethro Jenkins, uh, with with a strong take on NBA legend Bob Cousy. Oh. Did you happen to see this? I did, I did see that take, yes. So, yeah. b- 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 right, Grant, down, granted, I don't know that anybody needed to call out um, a, a 90-year-old NBA <laughs> yeah. legend for maybe being a little bit overrated, but I kind of love that he did. He pointed out in a, in a video segment that Bob Cousy, um, in his uh, like distinguished uh, and very, very long and successful and very winning NBA career actually never averaged even um, 40% from the field. And this was like this was like a thing that me and my nerd friends in junior high, I believe, actually 
like noticed at one point you used to get these big nba guides every year that were like an inch thick and you'd go through and you'd look at all these all-time players and man Bob Cousy couldn't shoot a lick. And I I feel like, you know, maybe it doesn't even need to have any attention brought to it, but um, good, good find by him. Good pull. Because like people used to be able to shoot, like shooting percentages weren't necessarily great, but you had guys like, I don't know, Ed McCauley could shoot a little bit. Like there were NBA legends of the fifties that could shoot and Bob Cousy wasn't one of them. And yet that still wasn't the hottest Twitter take I, I saw over the last few days. That was you saying Die Hard wasn't one of the top three Die Hard movies. It was, <laughs> there was something along the, yeah. that gist, right? This, this did happen, right? Yeah, I wanted to throw down the definitive uh, Christmas movie ranks, which for me is just The Muppet Christmas Carol and then everything else. Like, I don't think anything is in the class of The Muppet Christmas Carol. It's a tier of its own. There's probably like three tiers between A Muppet Christmas Carol and any other Christmas film. Like, if you want to have fine distinctions between other Christmas movies, fine, whatever. But that led um, ESPN's Matt Berry, friend of ours, to jump into the conversation defending, you know, the, the most chalky take of all time, which is that It's a Wonderful Life is a good Christmas movie. Yeah, fine. OK. Um, and then and then throughout, you know, your standard issue, Die Hard is a Christmas film. My uh, OK, top three might be wrong, but you, I will yeah, I will go to the mat on Die Hard with a Vengeance being the Die Hard film that outclasses the others. And I don't even like you can rank the others any way you want to. I suppose they're all kind of in the same tier for me. Die Hard with a Vengeance is the clear number one. I know you're exaggerating when you said not top three, because once I followed through and I you're right, that is a great movie. And I don't even argue with you there. But so, like it's you, a you legit know, movie, right? Like yeah, Die Hard with good, a Vengeance yeah, is the good. one that I will yeah. actually rewatch. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I, I would, I'd love to make, give you more of a hard time, but I'm kind of with you on that one. So, yeah. <laughs> where, are you, where are you at on a Muppet Christmas Carol? I am at that I have no clue and I don't remember this at all and I need to revisit it, to, to be honest. I, I have <sighs> not seen, I don't even know if I've ever seen that movie, to be honest. It's a classic. It's a classic Michael Caine work. Um, it's one of the most quotable films of my lifetime. Um, Mother always <laughs> taught us never eat singing food. I think, I don't know. It's full of great lines. You got to see it. Everybody's got to see it. It's the only Christmas movie anybody should care about. It is a holiday classic. It, like you should watch it daily from now. I just torment my Christmas. in-laws and put on Christmas story uh, on 24 seven when it's on, when I go over there and they hate it. So maybe this year <sighs> you've I'll, got, like, I'll you've got little, You've got little children in the household. You should be I playing know. Muppet Christmas, Christmas Carol constantly I on know. a loop. All right. I'll fix that. This. All right. On your recommendation, I'll, I'll get back to you and let you know. All right, folks, we will be back next week, Thursday, our usual time, with our 11th episode. The haters said we wouldn't get to 11. It appears that we will now get there. Um, as always, subscribe, write us a review on Apple Podcasts, preferably a nice review, preferably a five-star review. Uh, tell a friend about the show. You can send us questions, I guess. We might take them. We've never taken a Twitter question on this show. Maybe we should do that for big episode number 11. Um, you can hit us up at Yahoo Fantasy, at Andy Barron's, at Dalton Del Don. Thank you, as always, to the uh, the the crew, the vast crew of uh, production resources that it takes to get this podcast out. We are out. Hold up. 